Good morning, entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Non-Corporate Network, the worldwide leader in entrepreneurship. You are watching Entrepreneurs, a show where Dustin and I debate the top six trending small business headlines for three minutes each. We each give our takes. We duke it out. Dustin loses. They raise my arm as champion, put the belt around my waist. I can see it now, Dustin. Imagination runs wild, man. Runs <laughs> wild. We do need some type of way to keep score on this. And uh, yeah, I know we keep talking this about this. Yeah, I know. It's getting out of hand. It's getting out of hand. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, you guys are tuned in on our live stream or you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or every year podcast. We appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah, big mission here is that we make unbiased news, unfiltered news, a combination of CNBC and ESPN. Really want to bring you something that uh, is fun to watch, keeps you informed, and doesn't give you all that BS bias that we see out of some other news outlets. <laughs> CNBC. It's <clears throat> <laughs> uh, something in my throat there. Uh, all right. Well, getting into our first story, Dustin, you ready to kick this off? Well, let's go. Okay. Epic Games is suing Google Play Store and Apple uh, App Store uh, over Fortnite's removal from these marketplaces due to their attempts to uh, kind of go around the providers and have the people that are paying for their services and for their games pay them directly. Uh, as we learned in the antitrust probing uh, a couple weeks back, uh, Google and uh, Apple both charge a uh, 30% commission on any uh, dollar that goes through their system in the first year. And then it drops to 15%. But, uh, you know, Fortnite and Epic Games are essentially saying that uh, this monopoly has gone too far and that uh, they shouldn't be forced to comply with that um, fee on every time that they uh, get somebody to purchase something. So uh, Dustin, what are your thoughts here? And uh, is this lawsuit going to end up being more impactful than the antitrust hearing itself? I love it. It is hustle. It's entrepreneurship. It is innovation. It is capitalism. Um, if you're tired of paying someone a fee, figure out how to cut out the middleman. I mean, that is literally what, uh, what America was founded on. Um, and so I, I absolutely love it. And I hope it sets a precedence for other companies that go, you know what, why do we need Apple and Google for us to one, get distribution and, and take payment when we can just offer it ourselves? Um, it's already done a lot more uh, work than uh, these hearings at Congress. And so I think, uh, I mean, it, but it always, this is how it always happens. The public or the private sector is going to act quicker or make uh, moves quicker than what Congress can. Congress is just slow to act, although they're the ones that hold the power to, uh, to actually make laws. But I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on this move? I, you know, yeah, I no, they, it. I mean, they, they, they cite the Sherman antitrust act. They cite the Cartwright act in, uh, California, both cite anti-competitive behavior. And, you know, the big argument has always been, well, it's really about the end consumer and the reason that the antitrust laws exist is so that companies, I mean, Standard Oil, you saw back in the day, they made this precedent because they were buying up all the oil companies and charging more to the customers because they were able to, because they owned everything. And so Apple and Google's big claim back has always been, 
Well, it's not hurting the customer. It's more, it, it, it's more convenient for the customer to use our app store. It's more convenient for them. It's native in the product. They like our, they like our tools. And so this is only, this is not hurting them. It's just a cost to do in business. And we're giving all these businesses their distribution through the hardware and through the app stores. But now it comes down to, you know, when Fortnite, uh, when Epic games over to their own payment processing, they actually drop the price for consumers. So I'd look at it and go, huh, consumers are going to pay less. So it's, it's something where now they have some grounds to be like, you are hurting the end consumer because we would charge less if it wasn't for your fees. Precedence. A precedence has been set. The consumer is hurt. Let's see some change. Let's do it. Well, hopefully the hopefully we have another round of antitrust that actually does something. Maybe uh, maybe this lawsuit is exactly what we need. Um, okay, moving into our next story. Uh, NYC politicians propose tax breaks for landlords who go easy on small businesses' rent. So uh, landlords would get property tax abatements if they renegotiate leases and limit annual rent increases under the proposal. Um, but yeah, this is interesting, Dustin. Uh, they're, they're saying that if they want businesses to survive, that the government needs to show up. And, you know, my question to you is, is this only a problem in areas with high rent? And, you know, who's more in trouble right now, SMBs or landlords? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's an interesting story. And I think it's felt around the nation. I mean, we'll get to a story here in a second that talks about uh, Arizona specifically. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think part of this agreement is that you can't increase your rent for 10 years. And it's like, look, all the money that we're printing right now for, uh, you know, the trillions and trillions of dollars for the stimulus that we're, we're uh, going through. I mean, eventually inflation is going to happen. Costs are going to go up and, and then you're going to create an issue five years, four years down the road where it's like, wait, the cost of everything is going up, but I can't increase rent. Literally, I can't be profitable. The, everything is too expensive to even own this piece of property. So now you're going to create a commercial real estate or uh, just a real estate bubble in general. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's taxpayer dollars are going to bolster something or hold something up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm always going to go back to, let's figure out how to incentivize people working if you give, you know, bonuses for people to get signed for three months, six months, whatever that looks like, but create incentives to get people working because then you'll put money in their pockets. They'll go out and spend it. Um, I think there's just better ways to spend taxpayer dollars to fix the issue right now. The issue is that landlords can't pay it because they don't have money coming in. And so figure out how to fix that problem. And I think uh, you'll, you'll do a better job with taxpayer dollars, but I mean, what are your thoughts? New York's got to do something. There's an exodus in businesses leaving. They're begging for big business to come back to New York. I mean, you think about it. We're all on the same currency. Just because you're working at your business is headquartered in New York doesn't mean that you feel it any differently when you lose customers or when the uh, COVID hits um, and they've got 5x higher operating costs because of rent in New York. And so what else are they going to do? They need to keep those businesses there because the businesses are going to turn around and blow more money back into their economy, blow more tax dollars back into their economy. So as opposed to spending taxpayer dollars, I look at it as an investment in taxpayer dollars to keep the businesses there. I mean, we're going to recover as a country business is not going to go away. That's the only thing we've got. It seems like now. And so, you know, 
this is something that they really are starting to feel the heat the same way San Francisco is cost of living's high. People have no reason to be there with remote work happening. And if they can drop their operating costs in any way, they're going to do it. So yep. uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting fight. Well, getting into our next story, uh, Arizonans will get $300 a week in unemployment supplements. Arizonans who are out of work, um, their benefits, uh, Donald Trump ordered last week. Uh, they won't get the additional $100 a week the president intended uh, for the states to contribute. A big thing here is that Arizona is the second lowest in uh, unemployment benefits uh, weekly at $240. So by kicking that up to 300, um, my question is, is that going to help us? Uh, is this enough? And is this the right way to go about this policy? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the funny thing about stats, second lowest, but I mean, in terms of the cost of living, we're pretty much down there as well. So, I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. It's like, Granted, we're the second lowest, but if it obviously wouldn't make sense if you're living in California, cost of living is higher, their benefits are higher. Um, at the end of the day, just like I recently mentioned, I think, uh, you know, we're, I think we're getting to a point where we're hurting the economy getting back to where it should be because you're incentivizing people to take unemployment. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you got two different decisions. I could either go work 40 hours a week or I could not. And at the end of the day, make the same amount of money. I mean, you could talk about work ethics and all that, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's a simple decision that most people are making that they'd rather earn the same amount by not working. And so again, you're incentivizing people to not go back to work. And so I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's awesome that we're there to help people, but I mean, you know, we're going to get into a story here soon that talks about uh, being able to pay rent and landlords and all that. But I mean, it seems like there's been a rent, moratorium where you're not paying rent. You had huge uh, um, unemployment benefits coming in. I mean, over the course of a couple months, that should be a $10,000 swing in terms of what you're bringing in and what you're not paying out. Uh, where's that money going? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're necessarily, in, you know, motivating people to stay at home unless that person is like a 21 year old kid that's living in his mom's basement I and mean, 1200 bucks isn't much a month. Um, you know, and like you mentioned, the cost of living here in Arizona is pretty, uh, is pretty low. So, uh, I mean, I, I look at it as something where, you know, I've brought this up before I'll bring it up again. The jobs are going to be phased out the same way that they're created. There's more people that are going unemployed than there are jobs being created. And, um, it's going to come down to a point where these people that are unemployed that are speaking out about it that maybe aren't skilled enough if they don't have the education necessary to be able to qualify for a higher paying job or a job that's in demand right now then what are we going to do just ignore them i think that it comes down to you know the big businesses and corporations that are going to have to pay a little more in taxes on top of the government um paying more and uh, taking the tax dollars and putting them towards like a universal base income keep people afloat when there aren't jobs to be created. I mean, we see these job numbers continue to, you know, come in low and yeah, it's hard to know what numbers to trust nowadays, but I think that that's the, a better solution than, uh, than where we're at. Incentivize education, not, uh, unemployment. And I think, uh, fix a lot of the, the things that you're bringing up. We need to make a, make that a, into a t-shirt or something. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into our next story, I want to mention that uh, we are powered by State 48, um, clothing for all inspired by Arizona. 
we really appreciate you guys for uh, being a part of what our mission is here at NCN. Uh, Dustin, you have anything you want to mention about State 48? Nope. Great organization. Make sure to go follow them. They're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, State 48. Go check them out. Yeah, get fitted. Love it. So heading into our next story. So Boeing 747s are still using floppy disks. Um, not going to make that that flub again. But yeah, they're still using floppy disks. So they started uh, they started using them in the 80s. And really, the disks are there to utilize and import uh, vital data that guides the plane's navigation. Um, they do require updates once a month. So engineers need to come on premise update these floppy disks um on a monthly basis and uh essentially that's that's how they operate really the question is i mean we have ai we have i mean so much so much technology i mean i i don't even know if any of our computers now can even use a floppy disk i mean really the big question is at, at some point um you know, should companies be required to update their technology for human safety? Um, the biggest argument that they have is that, you know, if it's not broke, why fix it? And so, I mean, there, there is something there where, you know, if it's not broke, why fix it? If planes haven't been going down, uh, um, why fix it? Keeps down an operational cost. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it's crazy to me that yeah. so many planes in the air with three and a half inch floppies. You know, I'm for it. We just saw Garmin, a giant, a Titan in GPS navigation, get ransomware. I mean, you know, and for those of you that are wondering what is ransomware, well, it's when computer hackers take control of your system and then they make you pay a certain amount of money for them to give your system back to you, essentially. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't make a copy of all the data before they give it back to you. So, I mean, if you're talking about flights compared to ground travel, you're, it's much more of a risk if they're get, to get hacked and they were to switch up the flight maps. And I mean, you know, it, these, these, uh, these pilots rely on these navigation systems being accurate uh, to be able to, you know, keep everyone on board safe. And, you know, I, I understand that during a time like this, when maybe more planes are grounded, that it might make a little more sense to do it now if you're going to do it. But, you know, my thought is that AI is, is going to continue to innovate and uh, there becomes a risk for AI to outsmart, uh, encryption. And so, you know, I think that when you're talking about air travel compared to ground travel, there's much, much more of a risk in terms of what could go wrong. And so I think that it'll be a good case study to see like what happens with Tesla and self-driving and if there's a opportunity to use those types of systems to keep people safe. But, you know, I'm going to excite Garmin all day when it relates to this because it's just, uh, yeah, too big of a risk. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a good point. It's all great technology, but with as many hacks that are going on now, I mean, it would be a horrible day to wake up in the morning and, and you see that someone hacked the FAA or whatever it may be, um, all the planes in the air and literally hundreds have just fallen out of the sky. I mean, that would cause total chaos. Um, but like I said, it's, yeah. it's maybe it's, I mean, and I'm not one for government to regulate when people need to make updates. I mean, that's kind of their own business. And I think it might just be one of those things where if we start seeing issues from it, um, that's when we start taking a stance. But uh, yeah, keep in mind, USPS is run by the government. And uh, <laughs> that if that's any example of how a government runs a business, I don't want them running any businesses <laughs> like Boeing or anything like that. Exactly. So going on to our next story here in Arizona, 
Arizona rental property owners and associations sue to overturn the eviction moratorium. Um, Arizona landlords are suing to stop uh, the eviction moratorium. They're saying that it's unconstitutional to break the contract or agreement between uh, the leasee and uh, the landlord. They're asking the court to invalidate the, the state's uh, eviction moratorium that Governor Ducey introduced March 24th in July is extended through the end of October. Um, property owners are saying that they don't want to evict tenants, but they're having a, a hard time, you know, making their mortgage payment, property taxes, uh, and just overall cost of living by not having or leasees pay their rent. Um, I mean, it's a big bill to continue to pay. Um, Really, I mean, where where do we go from here? You got people that can't pay their rent. I mean, if you evict them, we have an, a homelessness issue or else you keep them to where they're not paying rent. And now we have a bunch of landlords that can't pay their mortgage note. Um, so, I mean, now you have an increase of, uh, uh, you know, defaults and foreclosures. And now you have a, a housing crisis. I mean, what, how, how do we proceed? You know, well... <sighs> It's tough, obviously. And we talked about the we talked about the cost of living in Arizona being a little bit more favorable. This is tough, though, because, uh, you know, my thought is if these people that are not able to afford rent, right, whether it be an apartment, whether it be their mortgage payment, if they are not able to afford that and they've collected unemployment for the last four months, let's say, and I mean, technically it's probably been closer to five months now. But let's for the benefit of the doubt, let's say it's only been four months they've been connecting collecting unemployment. That's close to that's about eleven thousand six hundred dollars in unemployment that they're collecting. Um, and you know, I know that not everybody qualified for the six hundred dollars a week, but again, <laughs> big junk let's, people. Let's assume that you made at least ten grand in unemployment over the last four months. You're telling me that if you have not been paying rent, you haven't been paying your mortgage, all you really have in terms of expenses are food and water then you're telling me that you cannot physically cannot pay for any form of rent next month. And if, if it's just too expensive and there's, I mean, I'm trying to be as sensitive as I can, cause I know there's yeah. extenuating circumstances, but this is a, this is an area where you can get an apartment for 550 bucks a month. So just in one week of unemployment benefits, you've got a month of rent right there. So I'm not really like, I'm trying to be as sensitive as I can. And maybe the, maybe the policy needs to be, uh, that there's unemployment benefits and then there's homeless benefits. And if you are uh, evicted that maybe you qualify for an increased amount of, uh, unemployment benefit because you are homeless. And that is like almost like a food stamp for an apartment. But I, I just, I'm trying to be as sensitive as I can. I don't see a reason why people can't pay any rent right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, the the overall savings rate has increased quite a bit. So it's like people are just sitting on money. I mean, it's uh, interesting to see how, how everything proceeds and as we move forward, um, for yeah. sure. So as we go on to our last and final story, so a new new app stack from Sam, Samsung uh, is, is helping businesses transform um, and modernize their digital workforce. So... What they've done is gone out and uh, are offering tech stacks to, to companies. This includes scheduling, hours, uh, CRMs, um, project management tools. I mean, it's, it's quite a few different apps that help get things done within a business. Essentially, a lot of these apps, um, companies are already using, but they've gone out and structured deals to where the more that you 
get through them, the cheaper um, it is to use them. So essentially, you could be using one app, you're paying 10 bucks per user now, you go through them, it's now eight. You're saving a bit of money. Some of the companies that are being offered now are, are companies like G Suite, Paymo, Time Tracker, Sign Now, PDF Filer, Canva, um, and a few more. And then the upcoming um, apps they're going to be offering are ClickUp, FreshBooks, OpenText, Highlight, and Seal Messenger. Um, this is all great. I mean, people are always complaining there's an app for everything, don't know which app to use. So it's awesome that you're seeing a national company kind of offer this. Whether Samsung's the right company to be the one doing this, I don't know. And really, that's kind of what we get into is, is this good for Samsung business? Are they trying to do good? Or are they trying to basically just be a, an affiliate marketer on steroids and, <laughs> and collect you know, all these businesses' data? Yeah, Samsung, try to be <laughs> relevant. You can't buy it because you don't have enough capital. You can't buy these businesses. You can't build it because it's not your lane your appliance business and a TV business and a hardware business. You're not a software business. And so next best alternative is, well, let's just sell all the stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it, it's kind of a, a greasy move a little bit in my opinion. And it doesn't really align well with their brand in the sense that, you know, this business technology, you don't think business is synonymous with Samsung. Maybe they're trying to flip the script a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I think that this is uh, something that, you know, at the end of the day is, is not really aligned well with their brand. And a lot of these things that they're offering, there's free versions of those. And I'm not really bought into the fact that you're going to get a whole lot of savings. I mean, it seems like this is something for people that don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, mm. like me being familiar with tech stack stuff, I'm not necessarily going to go to Samsung and say, Hey, tell me what I need. So these are people that don't know what the heck they're doing anyway. So I doubt that the prices are going to be that, that favorable, but I think it is a genius idea that they're leveraging second party data data as their own first party data by selling things on behalf of themselves that aren't theirs. So, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting, but I think this is going to damage your brand in the long run. I think this is just a, a weak, uh, a, a weak, uh, attempt to try to be relevant in the business software industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea. It's more times than not. You just hear there's too many different things to try and stay on top of to get business done. So love the idea, but I think it's more a uh, move to, like I said, become that super affiliate marketer and make revenue based on getting people signed up and then taking people's data and doing what you want with it. So I, yeah, I, I think that there's a, a different <laughs> company that can come in and probably do better and, and uh, think of the business owner more um, than what Samsung's doing, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, favorite story. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to not love what Epic games is doing right now. I mean, they, if you guys haven't seen that advertisement, they made like a, a farce 1984 advertisement, um, <laughs> where they're, uh, overturning Apple and Apple's on the big screen. If you guys seen that advertisement, I, I love what they're doing. Somebody had to do something and the antitrust thing kind of went in one ear and out the other they got their lawyers sitting on the other side of the camera and it's just nothing really happened. So this will make something happen. That's for sure. Yep. No, I can agree. And you know, my favorite one was, uh, you know, the Arizona rental issue that's going on right now. I mean, it's, uh, you got a lot of landlords that are paying a big bill and not getting compensated for it, which, uh, arguably those people are, are really holding up an economy. They're the ones that are, you know, creating jobs and stuff like that. And so be interesting to see how we kind of move forward, uh, there. 
yeah, we don't want to get into a situation where the property taxes aren't being paid by the landlord. Then we're going to have some real hot water. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, again, check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, and thanks for tuning in if you're watching us live. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Again, we're the Non-Corporate Network, the worldwide leader in entrepreneurship. This is Entrepreneurs. And uh, if you want to start your own show, you want to use our resources over at NCN, check us out at NCN Broadcast. Check us out on social media. We want to help you uh, bring your story to life. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do big things over here. So we want, to, we want you to be involved. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in today. Dustin, do you have anything you want to add? No, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, I'll gladly accept that W and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. I, I mean, I don't know about that. I think we, we're going to have to get a third party in here. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll figure out an adjustment to be made. But uh, until yeah. then, get back to hustling. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you guys again on Wednesday um, with some more hard-hitting stories. Uh, but with that, thank you for being with us. Again, my name is Chaz Vandemotter. Dustin Trout. Till next time. See you Wednesday.